Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a consistent man of positive energy, a change agent, a true conductor of success, a man who can lift you up, empower you, and motivate you with his actions and conversation, a wise man of calm and tranquil energy. He's a good natured and always sowing seeds in the community. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the entrepreneur, father, husband, and family patriarch, Mr. Che Woods. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that, man. Appreciate that introduction. No <laughs> problem, man. How you doing, man? You doing good? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Won't complain at all. Doing great. Considering the opposite. Absolutely. Consider the opposite what we got going on. Are you ready to drop these gems and answer these questions today? Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Who is the man that I've met? That's a good question, man. There's been several people that I've gotten the uh, honor to meet outside of my father. Um, my father was one of the biggest influences on me. Um, outside of him, it would have to be Russell, Russell Simmons, man. Meeting him and uh, getting the opportunity to work in the first Def Jam offices as a kid. Talk to me about the lessons your father gave you and the lessons that Russell gave you that stick with you today. Man, the lessons that my father gave me was similar to that of Russell. And that was to always deal from strength. You know, he told me and taught me, if you were afraid to ask me for something, you'll be afraid to ask the world for, for something as well. Mm. So he always taught me to be comfortable asking him you know what I'm saying? And, and asking those that's, that's close to you, that love you, are responsible for cultivating and pouring into your life. They'll be afraid to ask them. Because if you're afraid to ask them, you'll be afraid to come out in the world and ask the world for what you want. That's a great thing that you just said, because many men have come on this show and said it took them years to shake off the fact that their pride made them feel that they didn't need, couldn't get anything from anyone. They had to walk it alone. And that's not the case if you have family and structure there who love you and really support you. That is some dynamic information that your father uh, passed on to you. Can you tell us a story where that situation honed in to be true for you, that you brought your dad something that you felt that he wouldn't take your side, but he was actually right there for you? When I purchased my first home, you know, here in South Carolina, I had never... You know, growing up with my parents, you know, saying we lived in various places. Um, families fortunate enough to own some, you know, pieces of property, you know, between here, between the South and, and, and New York. And when I got out on my own, I had never, you know, had an apartment of any kind of so sort. So I wanted this to get a place of my own. First, my head was on an apartment and it didn't work out. And I was just like, dad, you know. Um, what is going on? And then, you know what I'm saying, I, I traveled when I graduated, I was in Africa. And while I was in Africa, the home that we were staying in, they got burglarized, took everything I had. When I got back to the States, I was at a crossroads. I was like, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do. Cause I graduated, it's either stay down here, grind and make it or go back up to New York and work in the family business. 
So I decided to stay down here because I just thirst and yearn for my own, you know, my own identity, my own journey. Um, and when I decided that I was going to do that, I didn't know how I was going to do it. And um, I stayed with my uncle. And I one day we, I, one day I had to go get myself some groceries. So I went to this this Walmart here in South Carolina on Harbison. And during that time, they had those. Uh, those are uh, uh, real estate and apartment finder mag magazines when you walk out or come into the to the store. So I grabbed one of each. And when I grabbed one of each, I got back to my uncle's house and I'm just sitting there going through it. And I, I had already given myself a, a budget by that time. Okay, I can afford this and I can afford that. But my dad had told me no and nah, you don't need that. You need it. So I kept going, I kept pushing. And so when I sat down and went through that magazine, Shane, there was a girl that was an agent that I knew, you know what I'm saying? And when I saw her, I was like, wow, um, I'm gonna reach out. And I didn't pick up the phone right away, but I went out and on the way back, having chance, I stopped at the gas station. We pulled in the gas station together. Mm. I said, yo, I wanna get this house. She told me, you know how they don't play with me. You gotta be serious. I said, I'm serious. So, so now I get her, I go through these, I go through the channels to do the, to get myself, you know, situated. Um, I didn't have enough, you know, credit cause I didn't, I didn't have you no know, credit established. So I had to reach out to, you know, my family. And they was like, you know, first my dad told me no for apartment. So in my head, I was like, this guy not gonna co-sign for no whole house. But I did everything I needed to do, man. And I, and I kept, focus. I didn't let nothing waver. And and my dad always told me, man, not only, you know, saying don't be afraid to ask the world, but go after what you want. Because when you go after what you want and you do it with the purest sincerity in your heart, the universe has a way of making things work out for your for your interests, working out, you know, things the way you want it to work out. And lo and behold, man, and I went to my dad and he was like, yeah, but before I went to him, what transpired at that time was a friend of ours, you know what I'm saying? I, I said his name, Kof. His dad had his own real estate company. So he comes to me and he was like, yo, I got this property. It was a quadruplex, you know what I'm saying? And he had already had this conversation with my dad, but I didn't know. And my dad called me. He was like, man, Tom, got this good idea for you. And I'm looking and I'm saying to myself, okay, I wanted one apartment. You talking about a quadruplex. Now I got to be responsible for other tenants and certain things break. I'm on the hook for that. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't ready for that. But he said, yeah, we're going to work it out. So I went and looked at the spot. It was an older little quadruplex and I was not comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? Not just that it was old, but just taking on that responsibility out of the gate. So I kept going and I found the house and he, he was willing to co-sign for me. Shockingly, he was, you know, willing to co-sign for me. And man, I was looking, I was looking at, had all kinds of odds against me. And um, he said to me, he said, man, I'm proud of you. You, you stayed the course and you asked the universe for what you wanted. And then we went to go do the closing downtown Columbia and South Carolina with, you know, uh, Miss Tamika Isaac Devine. And she, um, she was the, the closing attorney or whatever. And he was amazed, you know what I'm saying? 
I didn't need him for anything, you know what I'm saying? No down payment or none of that. I just needed that signature, you know what I'm saying? And my mom's helped me out on the other end, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where he, where he couldn't help, my mom's, or wasn't why I felt he wasn't willing to help. My mom's was like, don't worry, I got you on that end. And my dad put the handcuff. And they were, you know, at that time, amazingly enough, they were, they were divorced. You know, they had divorced by then. And things had been shaky. But, you know, they saw and they put enough in themselves, despite what they were going through to work together for their child to have something. You know what I'm saying? That was one of the, you know, one of those moments for me. That's super important, man, because the media, other platforms will tell you that we don't work together, that couples are not doing things, even if they are separated, to make sure that our kids get the best situation. My mother always tells me, it's never the child's fault. So don't you treat that baby bad. Don't treat none of those babies bad. In reference to anything she's ever told me stories, she's a social worker. So she tells me stories about how you never treat the child bad when it comes to family because they have nothing to do with that. Your job is to protect and provide. So she's always been feeding me those things to make sure that I stay upright and strong. And I love to hear that your dad was there. They say, and it has read that 80% of our homes grew up single parent. For you to have your father and your mother present, how important is that to the people listening right now who may be thinking about breaking that union? With me being married now for nine years, right? It takes on a whole new meaning, but I've always been a child of a certain type of conviction in terms of love and being together. I remember the first time my parents, you know what I'm saying, when it didn't work out, you know, initially, and we moved, we separated. I just remember being happy, Shane. I remember being real happy here in the state of South Carolina because I was born and raised in New York in the Bronx, grew up part of my life in Greenwich Village, even though I was born in the Bronx. But when they separated the first time, I just remember being happy. And I remember I love my dad, you know what I'm saying? I love my moms. And it was me and my sister. And I said to my moms when I learned that we were getting ready to go back to New York and that they were gonna, you know what I'm saying, try to work things out. I told my moms, what you don't go back. Cause I was just happy, you know, he would come and visit things of that nature. But as I got older, you know what I'm saying, and begin to understand the dynamics, I understood that, you know, I, be, I grew to understand that a mother can only do so much in terms of raising a man. A woman can't really tell a sure man how to be a man. She can pour into him to help him become a man. But she, you know, cannot help him be a man. You got to have a real man there and my mom's her decision making to do that was for that I didn't understand that at that time mm. and, and so my dad even though they didn't work out and my dad could say certain things he never spoke one bad word about my mom's not one word about my mom's even though it didn't work out he never said one bad word about my mom's now my mom's on the other hand she expressed her frustration <laughs> but she never got in the way of the relationship that he, you know, had with his children. Right. You know, even, you know, and so I learned how important it was. And I learned that her wanting to do that was important because, you know, part of her life, her dad was around, but back then, 
you know, the, the fathers, they had to go out and provide. So sometimes they took that that necessary, uh, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That necessary sacrifice to not be in the house to provide so they could have. So he wasn't in the home. My grandmother was always there. So when I look back and I, and I think about that, I say, you know what? It makes sense. I understand now. But at, at that point, I didn't understand. I just saw happiness. But it's, it's very important that no matter what situations that you go through, that, that, that them children have that relationship with both parents. And that, them both, that both of those parents try their best to put whatever differences aside, even though it may not work between you and the spouse. Because it's no longer about you guys anymore. It's about them children. They didn't have a decision in them being in this world. You guys decided that. So if you can, put those put those those differences aside and at least raise the child and let the child benefit from having both parents or that relationship with both parents because it's extremely important, you know, in today's world. Now that you're nine years in, I got a, I got something else I want to ask you after this. But now that you're nine years in, I talk, often talk about and advocate about us interviewing our parents. Have you ever thought about sitting down with a list of questions and interviewing your mom and dad separately or apart and ask unapologetic questions about answers you may have just to get the proper fulfillment to find out their story? Because our family, our parents have a story. They have failures. They have things they wanted to do that you will never know about. But now you can see it out of a child's eyes. You're now an adult. You now have years of experience under your belt with marriage. So you know, understand. Would you interview your mom and your dad? You know, I did. I wanted to. And I regret because I can't do it with my dad now because my dad suffers from Alzheimer's. But I had reached out to him when I first got my degree and wanted to do that. I wanted to sit him down because I got, he gave me the only um, manuscript to his first book that he wrote. And um, I read it and it was interesting. But you know, you have those un uninformal kind of interviews where you're asking your dad questions and or your mom, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes they're apprehensive, but now that you're older, they'll, they'll answer some of the questions. But yeah, I, to answer your question, yeah, I think I'm gonna take that opportunity while my mom is here and, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask her, can I interview her? And I'm gonna I'm gonna be curious to see, you know, um, what her responses is. Even, my, even though my dad got Alzheimer's, he's still spunky and he still can, you know, kind of, you know, rehash some things. But my moms are definitely going to try it. You know, we've had those conversations where I might express something to her, you know, um, in, 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 in comparison to what I'm going on, I got going on in my marriage. I miss the opportunities or the times, I wouldn't say opportunities, but the times that my dad and I would talk. He would call me up, say, you know, I'm married now. He said, yeah, man. So, Marriage ain't going good. Say it's a little tough, you know what I'm saying? But it's going good. He'd tell me, oh, he'd say to me, my wife done such and such. Your wife do that? And I, and I said, yeah, she does some of them same similar things. He said, yeah, you know. He said, you got to look there and you got to see what you got and you got to deal with strength, man. Stay the course, you know what I'm saying? 
you know, you gotta, so things like deal that. In strength. I like that. Dealing strength is a great gem. Burn, 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 burn. What I got for you right now is like what I call an audible question. Now, this question is not usually what I ask, but it's catered towards you. But something you said triggered my mind. Now, you spoke about wanting to step out on your own and create your own legacy. Talk to me about this because I'm baffled. I thought the entire point was the, the person before us to lay down a road that we can build upon. Why does it? Why do some of us want to stray and build our own when something is right there to take the the, hel the, the helms and take control? Which, because I was encouraged to do that. You know, uh, my dad would always tell me. He said, "Listen, I've created this. This will be here for you, but you got to go out there and and and." and create your own to bring, to add to what is already created. Mm -hmm. You know, baffling, I didn't understand it. You know so I'm like, oh, I don't, I wanna go and work with someone else, you know? And when, when I got a thriving business that I can partake in, but right. he encouraged me. And my grandmother would always say, you know, I remember one of some of her last words to me before she passed, she said, I did mine. Now it's time for you to go out and get yours. I did mine. Now it's time for you to go out and get yours. Rest in peace to grandma. A true yeah. angel indeed. Very important person in our culture. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a question for you, sir. Yes, sir. Do you have a vision board? I sure do. Ah, so tell me. On your vision board, what is one apex goal you're currently chasing and one apex goal that you achieved? Well, one apex goal was getting the house. But now that I got on a vision board, I got a bigger house. So I'm, I'm doing the things necessary to achieve that bigger home for my kids. You know, preparation for the credit and all those things. You know, sitting down with a realtor, talking to credit repair people. You know, and interesting enough, the person that helped me with my initial home, see the universe is interesting, it's an interesting, uh, a specimen of a thing mm. as I'm preparing right an old friend of mine that put me in contact with the guy that initially helped me clean my report a random phone call he said oh man such and such as he asked me about you we got on the phone we talked come to find out you know he's in the real estate now he's a real estate agent you know what I'm saying his partner that helped me clean the real estate you know, clean my credit along with him. He has, you know, uh, the real estate development, his own real, real estate development firm. So you see how the universe works when you, when the intentions is pure and you make those, I got a little intimidated, but, you know, um, and the other thing um, is my wife now interesting. I don't know if that has anything to do with the vision board, but I always wanted to do like uh, counseling or like life coaching to the young kids, you know what I'm saying? Kids from, you know, that 14, 13 to about 20, 20, 25, 26 mm -hmm. bracket. Cause that's the most uh, vulnerable age bracket. You know, that's when you can affect change more, I believe. And so she started doing this thing um, and she started just doing it. Um, and she's trying to prepare, talking it into existence, you know, you know, little life coaching thing. So we'll see. You know, I gotta pitch up on my on my um on my um vision board of a place, you know, like a little counseling or you know, 
transition kind of home deal, you know. But I, I'll be honest with you, I got it. I got discouraged, and I took it down. On my vision board, interesting enough, my pictures are black and white and not color, but I have the pictures, the exact pictures in color. So I told myself before the summer's out, I'm gonna sit down and put those pictures in color. It was my dad back in, oh man, 90, 91, 90, 91. He was the first person I saw with a vision board. I didn't know it to be that. And I was the one that took the pictures of him to place in front of the things that he, he wanted to achieve on that vision board. But I didn't know what it was at that time. I am so happy you said that. I am so happy you spoke about your dad having a vision board because the recipe for universal success has been sitting there all this time. Now that we're talking about even more, these are the keys and gems to the steps you need to follow for your success. And there's nothing wrong with going out there being a life coach. Nothing wrong with wanting to put your kids in a better situation to sleep better. What type of affirmations are you telling the universe every day to make sure that energy is pure and with intent? Power in words, speaking into existence, you know, things like that. Um, not being afraid to ask for what you want, um, things like that. Um, I tell my wife that, I tell my sister that, positive energy. You know what I'm saying? I wake up in the morning, I say to myself, God, thank you for waking me up. You know what I'm saying? Positive energy, positive vibe, you know what I'm saying? Things of that nature. Um, I try to pour that into my kids. Sometimes I catch myself when my wife gets on me because it seems like I'm a little too hard. But I just be wanting, especially my son, I want to pour into him because he's 14 now. He's about to be 15, asking to drive in the neighborhood, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. You, know, it's, you know, the girls. So I try to impart that on him. He's a good kid, um, but I try to impart, impart those things. Speak, talk, communicate. You know what I'm saying? Take advantage of communication. Don't sit there on these phones. Talk. You know, there's power words. Ask for what you want. So those kinds of things, man. Those are powerful affirmations. Um, absolutely. That my absolutely. absolutely. And yeah, you keep speaking life, man. You got to keep watering the seeds inside the kids, inside the family, inside the marriage. And let's go back to where your dad had that vision board in 1991. My question for you now is how early did you start goal setting? Man, I started goal setting late, man. In terms of actually sitting down, writing goals, that wasn't something that I I did. But when I, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. When I look back, you know, I was I was setting goals for myself within myself. But I mean, what I mean when I say that is, I would tell myself, yeah, I want to work in the music industry. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know what I'm saying? And when I came back to New York, 80, 80, 80, 85, um, the summer of 86, I would just always, yeah, I would get in front of the TV, Soul Train, whatever it was, you know, high tracks, whatever, whatever it was. And I would just, I would just daydream about being around these people. You know what I'm saying? I would just daydream. And I not realizing what I'm doing. And man, those things actually a lot of those things came into you know came true and came into fruition um but what's interesting about those things are the things you got to be careful what you ask universe for what you put out there because it's going to give you exactly that you're going to get in front of these places you're going to be in these record companies but if that's all you want if that's all you're asking the universe for 
That's what you're gonna get. Now, see, now notice, I said, work. I didn't say make a whole lot of money. I said, yeah. well, I got the opportunity. You see what I'm saying? Right. So you gotta be careful what you ask for and be clear on what you ask for. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Be careful and clear. Make your vision plain, ladies and gentlemen. Make your vision plain. And as you develop yourself in these goals and this inner God that you search for and that you, you know, illuminated that you gave out, were there any books or anything that you read that helped give you a, a better shine and, and, and divisive understanding of yourself? You know, it's cliche, but you know what? The first book my dad gave me was Think and Grow Rich um, by Napoleon Hill. And it, got, it was difficult for me to get into that book. I'm not even, it took me months to get in. I would look at it and it just didn't grab me. But after a while, I kept going to it. You know what I'm saying? I got about that. And my, and my mom, my mom's gave me this book by Florence Scopa Swin. Um, I can't remember the name of the title of the book. And there was another book called God's Winks. Um, God's Winks? God's Winks. Oh, so, never heard of that certain one. things like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a God's oh, Wink. Man. Here I am. I'm in in this studio that I kind of invested with my, my partner with, and we're doing a podcast. And you, the first time, it didn't work out because I was talking to my wife. But my, 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 my guy went and he said, I'm going to create a, a room, you know unbeknownst to that happening before I told him. And this is the first time we put it to use. So this is God's winks of saying, yo, follow your dream. Right. You know what I'm saying? Go after it. Because I thought God about means. doing, you know, one of these things myself. So I, and this is not even on my vision board, but it goes back to what I said. I telling myself these things, you know, constantly, not write, writing in, writing anything down. But right. what, what encouraged me to do that was seeing my dad do that and then him achieving those goals. Some of the things he put on there, he'd already achieved. You know what I'm saying? And the other things, you know what I'm saying, came into fruition that was on there. So I remember that. I didn't, I didn't think about it until after graduating, settling down, getting the home. And my dad was sending me these... Um, these books. And you know what he also gave me too that a lot of people got on two years later? The secret. He gave me that. Yeah. Yeah. that we were in college. Yeah. Yeah. The secret. Yeah. Absolutely. I have an audible question. Burr, 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 burr. Your second audible <laughs> question already, because there's some things that I think are just so pedantic, detailed for, for us to discuss. With the life that you have lived in terms of conversations with people of stature of influence we both had the opportunities to be in certain rooms and to live have certain memories do you find it difficult to reminisce and tell these stories without feel like you're bragging or people think that you're showing off uh, you know honestly i i did at first because you know i would just share and you know people like oh he don't he he just talking he don't know these people so then what i started to do I started just, you know what I'm saying, lean back and, you know, and then I happened to be in a situation where one of those persons like come up to me, you know, um, I share a story with you. When I was work, walk, I was working in the music industry at the time and 
during that year, they had the, you know, the hip hop summers, the How Can I Be Down this year, that particular year, they had it in New York. And I had two guys with me that I went to college with. We went to high school together too. And they were trying to do their thing. And I was telling them, I was like, yo, you know, let's, I'm waiting for y'all, let's do this. And you know what I'm saying? I said, yeah, I know Premier, I know such and such, you know what I'm saying? And we were at this, um, we pulled up in front of one of these clubs where they were having like these, like, uh, 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 I don't wanna say talent show, but showcase some of the artists. And some of the artists that were on, I guess, Gangstar label, or, you know, working with Gangstar at the time, R.I.P. Guru. And um, R.I.P. Guru. And when we, 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 we pulled up, and we was trying to get in. They knew somebody that was on the, that that show too, and they was trying to figure out how to get in. We was, we was gonna figure out what we gonna do. Premier walks up, and Premier was like, "I said, yo, Premier, what up?" And he looked, you know what I'm saying? He's like, "Yo, what's up? What you doing out here?" I said, "We trying to get in." Why he said, "Why you waiting? Come on, let's go in." So they looked at each other, you know. I said, "I didn't say nothing," and we walked in, and we enjoyed that night. You know, so it's things like that, you know, and I don't like to brag, but I just like to share stories like that because you just never know who's around you, and who's a resource to you, you know, and don't be afraid to be a, a resource. We are, we are here physically, we are meant to be used and by each other, not abused, don't get, don't get it twisted, but used, you know what I'm saying? You know, my moms would always tell me that. She would say, let God use you. You know what I'm saying? Be a blessing. You know what I'm saying? I always tell people that now. And she always tell me, be careful how you walk. She always tell me that. Be careful, son. Be careful how you walk. I believe blessings come through people. And yeah. I asked you that question because I've had the privilege to live a pretty exciting life when it comes to music and entertainment, right? Some yes, of the yeah. stories, the some of the people have been around. I can't at one point, I couldn't tell those stories because it felt like I was bragging or people just didn't want to hear it because it wasn't them, right? But mm -hmm. it's like, now I accept the fact in hindsight, this is my life. This is the mm -hmm. path I chose. This is the purpose that I walk. So now, do I go around telling all my stories? No. But yeah. I'm unapologetic if someone triggers my mind about the time I met someone influential and it happens to be in conversation where I say, oh man, you know what? You just reminded me that such and such did such and such and this was amazing. And now that determine that helps me determine who's really good energy around me because only good energy is happy for you. Mm-hmm. Only bad energy says must be nice. Mm-hmm. So that's the gem yeah. for everybody listening. Good energy is happy for you, happy to see you win. A uh, friend to the show just spoke about our last guest, Mr. Chris Enlighten, spoke about how people compare their inner to someone's outer. And that's where they go wrong. And I think that's a very, very powerful statement. So shouts mm -hmm. out to Chris Enlighten. Very powerful statement. So now. Shout out, we, Chris. Yes, absolutely. So now we have your development in the beginning here, getting a house, getting your family together, your dad stepping in, your mom giving you that incubation that women do. She's developing you, getting you ready to go see your father to, to make that change. And like sort of a rites to passage, to step out that your dad, he, he pushed you out there. He said, you know what, son, I'm going to give you the tools 
to build something new. Your grandmother put the stamp on it. I did my work. You do yours. You have your affirmations. You're pushing into your kids. You are goal setting. You're motivating. You're reading all of these great books, God's wink and developing yourself every day. But Mr. Che Woods, I ask you through that process, through the road, through the man you are now, what did you sacrifice? Oh man, you sacrifice a lot. Certain things you don't even know that you're sacrificing. Um, time, you know, you sacrifice time. Um, you sacrifice, I'll sacrifice, you know, you be wanting to go out and hang out. There might be some, a trip that you might want to take. You know what I'm saying? You know, pair of sneakers you might want to buy, them J's or them Yeezys or them Travis Scott's or somebody like that. And you like, dang, you know what I'm saying? Let me, you know, refocus. I found, I find now that uh, if I don't, I feel guilty if I don't take the time to try to make sure my home is straight. You know, because for a long time, I was just, we were just up and go. And then we come back and you got to go through all the changes you you might have messed around and spend some money that you shouldn't have spent because you needed mm. to do something else. You see what I'm saying? You know, because you're trying to prepare for the, you know what I mean? Not that you sometimes don't have it, but you 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 have a goal now. Now you're leveraging money back and forth. Right. And it's like, okay, this is gonna take away from this goal. You know what I'm saying? Now I gotta double back. And 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 this be and sometimes it don't even just be money. It just be simple things like washing your clothes, making sure your house is clean. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, simple things like that. Like, damn, I'm gonna leave my house in chaos and come back. I'm gonna be tired when I come back, and then I gotta deal with this. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. taking the time to just be simply responsible before you go out and have a good time, making sure your home is tight in every sense of the word. You know, tight and in order before you go out and, and, and uh... I'm a firm believer and I'm, many people may not believe this I'm a firm believer that you feel how your house looks on the inside yeah I learned that I, you know I learned that when I bought my house there's a lady that was that was with me because my mom wasn't able to be with me I'll share this real quick and she I worked at you know same college Benedict you know what I'm saying and um, I worked in the, I was like a dorm counselor but she was you know, the coordinator. And so she would walk around and she would say, you know, you can go in and inspect places or whatever. And I took her with me when I was, you know what I'm saying, looking at houses, you know, from time to time, because we had gotten that close. And she walked up to this one house, and this is the house I'm in now. And it was a car in the driveway. And she looked in the car. Real, you, you didn't even know she was looking in the car. You know, one of them peripheral vision moves. She, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we walked up and she was like, yeah, this, this, you see that car is clean. This house going to be clean. Mm. We walked in, house was clean. She said, she told me one time, she said, get a wife, make sure she clean, keep, keep, a, keep a clean house and keep you fed. Because if your house ain't clean, she ain't feeding man or fire a clean house and find a woman that is feeding. Mm. That's Absolutely. Woman. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I accept that. Hey, I hope you're listening, <laughs> ladies, to those listening to the show. As simplistic as it sounds, that is one of the main ingredients for us that we need here. I want to dive a little deep here. Let's get a little deep. 
I want to talk about your lowest moment, but I just don't want to know your business. I want to know how you got up. This is for the people who may be listening right now that need to know how do we get up from this lowest moment? Could you share with a gem with us about your lowest moment and how you got up? My lowest moment, um, one of my lowest moments, two come to mind is one I spoke to you about earlier when I mentioned, you know, being out of the country and the home that I was staying in getting robbed. All my stuff was gone mm. um, when I got back. And not knowing what I'm going to do with my life. What's my next goal? Do I want to go back, you know what I'm saying, work in New York? I want to make an, you know, an attempt to get back into the music industry. By that time, you know, my support system in the industry, that person had left and didn't have no desire really at that time. So it kind of threw me off and kind of discouraged me. And at the same time, I'm at that crossroad of I want to do for myself. So those that was one of my lowest points. And I just told myself, I mm-hmm. want peace. And, and I want peace. So I chose peace because being in the South was peaceful for me. I didn't have to worry about a lot of stuff. So I just, I, I dove into that peace. You know, I just dove into having fun, even though I wasn't making a whole lot of money. But that didn't matter to me. What mattered to me was just being happy and, 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 and having fun and just enjoying life. You know what I'm saying? You know. And so what I did was, like I said, I sat down with myself. I didn't even write nothing down, no goals about a house or nothing. Like I said, I got those magazines, but I told myself, I had a deep conversation with myself. And I told myself, this is what I want. And I thought passionately about it, you know, what I could afford. I did my, I did the math. Okay, I can get this amount of house and then my bills would be such and such and such. I did that down to a T and in my head, I didn't write any of this down. Honestly, I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't. But I did that. And like I said, it came into fruition. I'm talking about down to the interest rates and, mm. you know, if somebody looked at me on paper at that time, I'm looking at 15, a good, strong 15, 20% interest rate. But when it all came to pass, we're looking at 5, 6%, 5, 5% interest rate. You know what I'm saying? Didn't know how it was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? The house I wanted, you know what I'm saying, was a lot cheaper than the one I wound up with. But it wasn't the one that I wanted. But I got more. I was given more. The universe or God, whatever ideology you look up to, gave me more than what I wanted for myself. And when I saw that, when I realized that, I was like, yeah, I made the right decisions. You know what I'm saying? You know, I made the right decisions. I love the fact that you started by saying, I want peace. Like you spoke to your inner God and said, hey, I want peace. Let's get this started. Whatever we have to do to get our minds, our universe, our chakras, anything aligned, anything in your energy, anything in your life, I want peace. And you probably sought out peace and probably eliminated many things that weren't giving you peace to get to that point where you can actually lay down the tracks to start that train to to where you want to be next in your life, the next stop, the next, the second life, the next journey. Thank you for sharing that with us, man. I appreciate that. Let's take some of that low energy off and let's come up a little bit high here. Let's have a little fun. Next question. Let's see here. (laughs) 
What have you procrastinated on and why? Yeah, I procrastinate on a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff. I can't lie. A lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I procrastinated on, and, and to be very honest with you, still to this day, I procrastinate. I have to be honest. You know, I'm very honest and very transparent. Um, I trans, I, 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 uh, um, creating a business for myself. I started and then I stopped, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, going through the particulars and the details, getting frustrated with it, you know, procrastinated on, you know what I'm saying? When I, my, my, my wife, who's now my wife came back into my life, procrastinated with kind of with marriage. Um, uh, whatever excuse I want to make about it, oh, I want to take time, or oh, I want to do this. You know, at the end of the day, honestly, there was some procrastination there. Um, sometimes I, like, I procrastinate, like now, you know, next career moves, what I'm going to do. Got all the resources, but sitting there like, I don't know, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> those things, you know what I'm saying? The commitment um, of it, man, the details, the new lessons you have to learn, the new space you got to make for all this new information, the the boiled down commitment, the the, the unsure Mm-hmm. end of the road of getting what you want out of it plus more and that's mm-hmm. all comes in with the universal talk like you said you just got to step all out on faith and have that hope yeah absolutely man you'll get it man just gotta keep doing every inch at a time some t- some days you may run some days you might crawl but at least you continue to move forward fall forward like emmett smith yeah Get the extra yard oh, forward. <laughs> That's it. You but you know do. what I be trying to, you know what I try to do now, Sheen? Like, I go back to those moments. Like, that, the the step that I took to get my home, I just stepped out out, and, and, and just put it out there. Didn't know how I was going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Didn't, wasn't making the money to do it. But I knew I had the desire. And I always share that with folks. I share that story with folks. To encourage them because, you know, I I had a desire, a strong desire. My my moms and my dad both would always tell me, as long as your desire is pure, you can have a desire, but the desire gotta be pure. And if the desire is pure, and you going after it in a pure manner, everything that you need will fall at your feet. You will get what you need. But your intentions and your desires got to be pure. You know what I'm saying? Got to be pure. I'm going to take that with me, man. I'm going to lock that in. I'm going to take that with me. I'm going to look and see where my intentions and my desires are not pure and the things I want I say I need for my life. And then I'm going to rededicate that energy to make sure that these things are happening and I'm putting the effort in. Watching you, though. Watching you. Watching you. Watch I said, me. watching you, your your actions and the things that you were able to accomplish, someone can look at you and see that everything that you have accomplished, that your intentions were pure mm. by watching you. And I, I saw that with you, you know, watching you get on the stage, watching you be around with the celebrities. It was always a pure energy, you know what I'm saying, when you were around them or doing what you was doing. It was always a pure enjoyment. And so you're doing it. Just continue. Absolutely. I appreciate that. No doubt.
How important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you're going? Oh man, that depends on who you ask. Cause sometimes somebody can stay right where they at and still develop. Some people, they gotta go and get elsewhere because they're not strong enough, stronger than the, you know, the desires that are around them. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, so, I like so that you one. Have to, So you have to, you know, you have to look at yourself and assess yourself. For me, you know, um, I had to leave. I couldn't, I couldn't get on the train. I tried going to, you know what I'm saying, community college. I went to school upstate, you know what I'm saying, initially. Um, and being around, you know, a couple of people um, that I wound up, you know, meeting, but I knew that when I got to the school, it just became tough. And my desire, like I said, I didn't want to be in school. I wanted to go back to working in the industry. I wound up doing that again in 93. But for me, I knew, I said, dang. And then, you know, I'm, I'm into the women. And then all the craziness with the women starts. All of these kinds of, you know, things. And now I'm getting these feelings that I've never had before with hurt and pain and hurting someone else and not knowing how to deal with that by the choices that I made, you know what I'm saying, or didn't make. So for me, I was like, you know what? I got to go. You know what I'm saying? And, right. you know, doing that, even doing that, even making that honest decision and that pure decision, I didn't know how I was getting to college. I didn't, you know what I'm saying, when I decided to go back to school, my grandfather took me, you know what I'm saying? And my dad told me to get on the bus. I was hot with him, but I didn't understand why. I said, yo, I'm going to get on the bus with everything I own. But my grandfather, my grandfather was on his deathbed at the time. He was, he had had prostate cancer. Um, for many years, which I didn't know about. And at this time, they didn't want him to drive. I told the doctors, I'm driving my grandchild to school. It's gonna be my honor to drive him to school. And I told him, I said, listen, I promise you this time I'm gonna graduate, I'm gonna get my degree. And I did that. Um, and, you know, here I am now, you know, trying to, you know, be an entrepreneur, you know, trying to do things that I, you know, I'm doing. But just those, you know, I go back to those moments um, in my life. And I, I reached there to try to motivate myself now to help me push past the procrastination. Sometimes procrastination is, is partnered with fear. You know what I'm saying? So like, like I said earlier, don't be afraid. Deal from strength. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, leave from strength. I love that. I love that. Absolutely love that. Leave from strength. I have a two-part question for you that's a little intrusive. So if you don't want to answer it, it's okay. But make sure you at least drop a gem. Are you ready for the question? Yes, sir. All right, it's two parts. Actually, three. But I'm going to ask you the first part, then the follow-up. Here we go. Okay. Let's do it. What was abusive to you that you thought was love? What was abusive to me that I thought was love? Um, my dad, I, I'll share this with you. I'm, I'm very transparent because I believe in being transparent and being open and honest with things because you got people out there going through the same thing. And if you can just share your story, sometimes the story itself is the gem. Um, and so my dad told me one time, it was, it was in the 70s, probably early 80s, and I was jumping. He told me to stop jumping. And I jumped. I kept jumping. 
and I jumped, you know what I'm saying, at my dad's left. I landed, you know what I'm saying, on his man parts. And he was out for like 15 minutes, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh man, I almost thought I killed him, you know what I'm saying? Cause he was just out. And he, he, <laughs> he got up so smooth, lay down on the bed. So I thought I wasn't gonna get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't saying nothing. My moms wasn't saying nothing. They called me in the room after he came to, it took about a good 25, strong 30 minutes. He got himself together. And I probably was in the second grade by this time. He, he stood me up in front of the bed and he took a belt. Why y'all across my back? Ooh. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh man. You know what I mean? I was yeah. screaming and hollering, jumping. But after that day, had to be 70, 79, 80, 80, 81, maybe. After that day, my dad told me, he said, I'm never going to hit you again. I don't believe in him. He never hit me or spanked me again. Now, my mom's on the other hand, that's another story. <laughs> my dad, he never hit me. And his replacement was he would just yell and be real, just, you know, mean, I thought. I thought that was abusive, you know what I'm saying? And I find myself now doing that with my own son. And my wife get on me and say, Man, you, you're too hard on him. If you keep banging this, you'll tear a kid down. You know what I'm saying? But my dad would always, even if he, you know what I'm saying, yelled or screamed at me, he always made it a point to make an effort to apologize, right? You know? afterwards and to let him let me know I love you you know I'm not I'm doing this out of love you know um but those things and now I find myself doing I, I feel guilty you know what I'm saying yelling at my kid you know and sometimes it's, it seems like it's every day that I'm at it just about the smallest little stuff I try to pull back because I remember I remember those moments mm -hmm. my dad would just say something a certain kind of way and it would be piercing like that belt It'll break you down. You know what I'm saying? You know, kids today don't understand that. You know what I'm saying? But your parents back then would say something piercing enough to you. It would just seem like it took your soul away. Like you gotta be. When do you think you're going to accept it and make the change? I'm working on that now. That's a, that's a, I'm a work in progress with that. Um, because now I'm in those shoes. Um, I accepted you know, certain things I thought was abuse, you know, at, at a certain level in my life as a young adult, um, I would write. And I felt like I couldn't talk, I wasn't being heard. I would write, you know. Um, and then what would happen is my moms would sometimes, because my dad wasn't in the house at the time, but I could talk to my dad. I found it difficult to talk to my moms because sometimes she just didn't, she just had that disposition. I'm not trying to hear nothing, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And I had to respect it. And I would write. And I wrote something, something that, I wrote something down at one time because I wanted something and it hurt me, but I couldn't, when I tried to express it, it was just met with, I felt apprehension, you know what I'm saying? And so she found it. Didn't know she found it, but you know, mom, they, you, ain't no secrets in mom's crib. That's mom's yeah. crib. Yeah. And she found it. <laughs> And how I know she found it, because she never told me, oh, I found your stuff. But what I had written in that note, 
she sat down with me and had a conversation with me and broke down everything, you know what I'm saying, that I needed to know or that I had spoke or asked about or was inquisitive about in that letter. That's how I knew she found the letter. But she never said the words, I found your letter. She never said that. Right, right. You probably would have put up defensive defensive wall. She did it the right, right way, like mothers mm -hmm. do. Talk yeah. to me about fatherhood, though, and mentorship. And I just don't want to talk about the points where you have your beautiful kids and you love them so much and they make you smile. I want to talk about when you love your kids, but I don't like you right now. Talk to me about oh. the amount of patience you got to have as a father. Man, you can't even begin to put that into words, the kind of patience, man. It's just, it's unexplainable. It, it really is. You know, I get on my kid, my son, about, you know, good habits. You know, bad habits, and he's good. Um, and and but now that he's older, you know, you, you kind of slip getting into the girls. You got the cell phone. You up late at night. You might be on some site that you ain't got no business on. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And you walk in, and you you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, caught him in the act or something. He ain't got no business doing. You know what I'm talking about? But <laughs> <laughs> patience, you know. And it's a, it's a, it's, you go through several emotions because when you first going, you're going to laugh because you're like, oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> then you got to walk out the room, gather yourself because now you got to come back and have this married conversation. Most funny, the most difficult, the most emotional jarring thing for me is being a father. You know what I'm saying? Outside of being a husband, you know what I'm saying? Because that you know, wife is a whole different kind of ball game. Um, yeah, yeah. But them children, man, and so like, I try to find creative ways to reach him. You know, my daughter, she watched me get at him, and she'll go quick in the room and go clean it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? She, you know, yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? He might, he might say, yeah. He'll say, she'll say, yes, yeah, sir. But I try to. Uh, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a. A work in progress. So I, I try to do what my dad do. I go back to him and I talk to him because sometimes when the wife is there, it gets a little difficult. She gonna want to throw herself in and she gonna try to keep you. So I kind of steal moments. You know, we riding, I might be dropping them to football practice or something like that. And I'd be like, yo, what's going on, man? Talk to me. If I don't initiate, he won't do it. But I apologize right. to him. You know, talk to him and try to give him creative ways. I try to come up with creative ways to reach him where he's at. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, I thought to myself about it, like, you know. A friend of mine, a friend of mine, Kevin McCray, he takes, since his kids were one or two years old, he would take them to Chick-fil-A every, every week, a special day of the week where he would take his daughter or his son and they would have their day every week to talk about whatever, to do whatever. I think I I'm like gonna try that, that when I get more, uh, when I get a place where me and my son will love to go to. I think I, after he finished really learning the game of chess, I think one day after we were gonna go play chess and go get a, our favorite dessert or something that we can have a, an established, consistent conversation of just that bonding time. I appreciate that, I'm gonna do that. That's, that's a good idea. Cause yeah. I do that with my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Not thinking about it, but my daughter's she will she will demand that. Right. Like we yesterday you asked me and I was like, you know, we what we do is we uh we'll get our bikes. Wow, well, I'll get my wife bike because I just bought her a bike. 
and we'll ride the bike in the neighborhood and there's a little area in our neighborhood where there's like a it's like a little bridge kind of but it's a creek that runs through there it's like a little area we'll put out a blanket and sit down she'll pack a snack and we'll sit there <laughs> and we'll eat a snack yesterday was peanut butter and jelly you know what I'm saying? Right. So i haven't done that with my son yet yeah, you know think about it, man. You know, some guys yeah. take their sons fishing, bowling, and those types of things. But don't forget about the interview, too. The interview doesn't have to be just for you and your parents. Your son, you can add, say to him, hey, man, you want to interview me? You can ask me whatever question you want to ask, and this will be strictly between you and I. Mm-hmm. If you're I'm ready, ready if you're ready I'm to ready. open up, if you got to be ready oh, to yeah, open, because yeah. he might ask you some crazy questions, and you might get caught off guard, but you cannot lie. The number one rule is you cannot lie. You may not answer the question in its totality, but you cannot lie. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give him the, I'm going to give both of them the opportunity to do that. Well, I, I, I say that. him because he's a little bit older and he under he has yeah. more experiences under his belt. So he might understand some of your story, but he's not going to yeah. understand your most of your story until he becomes a man himself. That's when right. the interview gets real interesting because now right. he's a a plethora of experiences underneath his belt that says, dang, I went through that too, or I might go through that, or I've seen somebody, or I understand the complexities of this situation. Yeah, absolutely. you're right, you're right. You're absolutely 100% right. Because One of my favorite questions, yeah, one of my favorite questions I like to ask, are you ready for this question, Mr. Woods? Yes, I am, let's go. Did you ever get a sex talk? Who or what gave you sex education? I saw this. I saw you ask this question, <laughs> and I thought about it. And for me, I'm gonna tell you something, man. It's interesting that how that came to into fruition. Now, back in them days, you know, in the '80s, they had sex education in mm-hmm. schools. They kind of touch on it lightly these days. They don't really have like sort of like a sex educate education. What I see, but back then, fifth grade is when they introduced that. Man, I was in class fifth grade, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, okay, so you got to sign up, you got to get permission from your parents to do it, you know what I'm saying? So I went to my mom's. We was in, we was my my parents were together at this time, and you know, they give you a precursor so you learn a couple little things about what's going to be part of this, you know. A sex education curriculum, yeah. right? So they give you a little preview of oh, the, the sperm that it is, you know what I'm saying? And it's cultivated in the, you know what I'm saying? So I went to my mom's. I was like, Mom, you gonna let me take sex education? And she was like, Yeah, you can take it. I said, Mom, I said you told me you lied to me <laughs> like that. <laughs> and I, yo, my mom's, you know, I look back at it now, but when I was in the moment, I didn't see any of this. But when I look back, and my mom said to me, she was like, she said, what you mean I lied to you? Don't tell me I lied to you. You don't even use the word lie. You know what I'm saying? I said, mom, but you did. You told me babies come from this place, but they don't come from that place. <laughs> like that. Ooh, she got super, she got super uncomfortable. <laughs> don't talk, go talk to your dad. My dad was in the basement. So she went, I said, why you getting mad at me? You the one told a lie. With your so-and-so, don't talk to your dad. So I went and talked to my dad, and he was the one that gave me that comp, that talk, you know? 
I was grateful for, for that. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to was, your dad. Shout out to your mom. I'm not sure why we run from this conversation. It's the most natural thing in the world. This is how we all get here, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's one of the most fun emotions that you can have. It's one of the most thrilling, one of the highest forms of expression. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But there ha- it does come with a, many, many responsibilities. And that's mm-hmm. what I want to talk about. That's what I want to talk about around the regular not let me not say regular around the evolution of science of what it what it is to procreate but what happens to relationships and emotions when babies come into play at a young age or when government gets involved with child support like these things should be talked about early on not to scare anyone but to be even if they can't even understand it they can still say they had the conversation of the seed being grown to just to put a precaution in, in young men's minds before they mm-hmm. dive out there and go go have this sexual activity. You might think twice if you had a real thorough conversation on how important it is for you to be safe and protect yourself. Not saying you're not going to have fun. Eventually, you're going to have lots of fun, but mm-hmm. you're gonna. I think you're going to think about what you're doing more versus you just saying, "Hey, man, this this is the way it is. It is what it Especially is. Not, now, it's, not, it's not that." Especially now. Especially now. Cause they you gotta, gotta access to so much. Yeah, everything. Sex sells on everything, man. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if I had this uh, podcast and I had a girl twerking behind me, we'd have a million views every time. Yep, every time. <laughs> it's Solution. crazy. It's Solutions for twerk. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I know how to market this. I got this. Next episode. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, sir. Should there be I a basic it. training program amongst men, a level of education given out where we teach financial literacy, communication, how to change a tire, gardening, how to change a tie, general wealth building, talking to the elderly with intent, all outside of the school system, outside of the church, outside of the Boys and Girls Club. We're talking about community-based tribal building where parents families come together and they teach different things on different days where Saturdays are now filled with fun activities, financial literacy. We make it cool for the kids. It's very important. Very important. But do you think we can put it together though? You think it could happen? Yeah, it's no reason. It's no reason. The only reason that we can't put it together is go back to what you said. Across the nation. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Or simply just not wanting to do it. You know what I'm saying? But there is a there, there's no reason not to do it. You see what I'm saying? There's all the reason to do it. Because if you think, if you, if you, if you look back and you think back, you look at great grandmama, you know what I'm saying? Grandmama, you know, most of them, they worked hard. They had something. You know what I'm saying? And they knew how to do certain things with their hands. Whether it was cooking, you know, they knew how to do that. That was a skill. You know what I'm saying? Um, grandpa, he knew how to go out and, you know what I'm saying? He might not even, he might have knew how to cook, drove cab, whatever it needed to do, plumbing, you know what I'm saying? When I was growing up, I always seen a plumber that looked like me. You know what I'm saying? I always seen an electrician that looked like me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I always seen a masonry guy that looked like me when I was coming up, you know? And these are relatives or distant relatives or just good family friends that were, were like relatives. But skill they all, skill traits. And they learned how to do that. 
those things were in school. I, when I was coming up, you know, I graduated school in 1993, you know, um, but in the 7th, 8th grade, they had home economics. They had wood shop, things of that nature. They don't have them things no more, you know what I'm saying? But now some of these curriculums, you know, you can go be an auto mechanic. But we got to also encourage, you know what I'm saying, our kids. Some of us, you know, from, you know, my age group on up, we, you know, are conditioned, have been conditioned to think a certain way about those trade jobs and not understanding or forgetting that, you know, teach a man to fish. You know what I'm saying? If you teach a man to fish, he'll always feed his family. Those you know, trades. it ain't necessarily about going out and sitting at these jobs and sitting at a, you know what I'm saying, at a table and, 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 and working, you know, for someone else. When you can have a trade, you know what I'm saying, when, you know, and, and go out, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and build a house or, you know, go do some plumbing work, you know, just, you know, put, to put it in perspective in terms of money, you know, a plumber can go to a house, for example, stick a plunger in your toilet, you know what I'm saying? And if it don't plunge right, we're talking about $50 an hour. So you, <laughs> you got to put it into perspective, you know what I'm saying? You know, certain plumbers are, are charge you $100 an hour just, just to come. So I think those skills and teaching those skills and showing them how imperative it is, you know, not just the skill, but how to manage your money. You know what I'm saying? How to make your money work for you. Um, it doesn't have to, have to be, you know, plum, a, a, a plumber or, or electrician. You can you can learn a skill of, you know, selling homes. You know what I'm saying? Doing that. Working for yourself that way. I think you know? one of the biggest things that people, I, I think all families need in some capacity. All families need a doctor, a lawyer, and, a, and they also need a electrician doctor I what I, I want to say every family needs a doctor every family needs a lawyer every family needs a uh, a physical therapist someone who can make sure exercise and everything is going well like each family needs to have personal relations with those things that are really elevating the family to make sure how this how the world runs that you have these things just in case these legal issues happen these health issues happen just in case the uh, you want to keep the family physically fit and eating the right foods those things are important electrician when the house goes out those skill traits and what's inside of tribes are super important it, mm -hmm. it would be a necessary thing for everybody to do their part even if that's not what your driven purpose is it can still be a skill trait that you have that can feed you until your purpose comes all the way to what you want and that's where i believe some of us have been sold the dream of our generation where you were told that you could do anything you want and go after your dream, but it didn't tell you, hey, you need to also sustain yourself on the path. And many of us just dove out there without a skill trade, without anything. We just believed in what we looked at and holding a dream. It didn't do anything that could sustain us while to stay afloat. We didn't make a raft. We just started swimming. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we didn't keep nothing that we could stand on for a little while just in case we got tired of swimming. So, mm -hmm. uh, Oh, we wanted to take a break so definitely we can do it in our tribes and our focal points and we can do it even more through social media with tribe building so I, I just encourage people to find a group of people that you love and trust and start to pour into each other to where you guys consider yourselves the new culture when they say when they think of your culture as a whole nah 
dribble it down to the five people you love and make that your entire village and tribe. And you guys do everything in your power to make sure that organization runs firmly and correctly in the due diligence of it. So I just wanted to say that for everybody. It could definitely be done. Yes, yes, please. It's so important. You, you spoke about how much you try to make sure that you keep your name, your family name, who you are strong and making sure that you're developing and that you're work in progress. My question I ask you on an entertainment scale, on a media scale, movies, music, do you see the representation of the, the man you're trying to be in the, any of those arenas? It's, you know, that's interesting you asked me that question. Um, you know, my mind went to as a kid, watching movies, media, things of that nature. Um, my dad, we would go to, my dad loved to go to the movies, but he was a harsh critic on movies that were about us. You know, so he would always say, you know, that's a good movie, but they made us look bad. And I'm like, dad, this is a good movie. But as I really began to get older and, you know, when the dementia started kicking, he would always tell me, write your story, write your story, tell your story, write your story. Um, and uh, there have been several people that have come to my family to do their story. Um, won't name drop, but some people that, you know, some very high profile people that came. And my dad was like, oh, I'm not doing this. this is, you know what I'm saying? And the person, you know, that they were going to use to portray my grandmother, I won't say her name, I love her to death. But, she, but my dad didn't think, you know what I'm saying, that she was proficient. So, in a lot of regards, man, I, I find myself like, you know what? I can't even look at certain, you know what I'm saying, TV shows or things, you know, because it's not fulfilling. It's not, it's, you know, I, I go back to what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Good times. Jefferson's, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, those are real life situations that you could relate to. So it captivated you in a sense, you know, moving up to the 90s, the Cosby show, different world, things of that nature, you know. Um, well, as far as your question is concerned, you know, we we get compromised, you know what I'm saying, a lot. And our stories, you know what I'm saying, sometimes are mistold. And some, a lot of times the, the imagery of who we are is misrepresented because a lot of times we're not the ones telling the stories. In those times where we are telling the stories, we encourage, we're being encouraged by, you know, saying those are not a, not about culture. Oh, you got to do this this creative way. You got to do this because it is. No, just tell, just tell the honest story. You know, right. um, absolutely. There's very few that have done that. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's a privilege to be around such great men like I've been. And to take it even more further in detail around such great African-American men, you guys broken so many stereotypes around me that I don't see these representations on camera, film, movies, or music. I mean, just the embrace of being in the presence of what your grandma built, the times we spent there and hung out. Those are great. Those are great memories for me because it showed me that I can leave my situation and really change the demographic of who I am and really sit upon good energy and good people using the tools and things that they they said that we that they gave us the scraps we turned them into gourmet we made it available for us and made it a growth situation mm. so hopefully 
we'll get some changes out there where the development of us, like Blackish, I believe that somewhat represents us, but we are, we do exist and we will break through and show the positive repertoire that that's very important. Now, I want to pull you real quick. I want to okay. ask you, what are the top three things you want in a woman? And I just don't want to know your top three. I want to see if you say the one thing that most people leave out. And what's interesting to me, this there's no wrong answer here. It's all about what you need. But I want to see if you leave out the one thing that most guys leave out. What are your top three things, Mr. Che Woods? I like a, I want a woman to be educated, um, well-rounded um, in terms of not just book education, but, you know, being able to move outside of, you know, an educational kind of setting, you know, streets, if you will, a little edge to her. Um, uh, loving, you know, the basic things, caring, nurturing, knowing how to cook. A clean woman, a woman that's clean, cleanliness. <laughs> that's a good, 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 clean girl. <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, you know a, a woman that's uh, adventurous, not this, not afraid to take risks. You know what I'm saying? And not afraid of sacrifice. Yeah. Okay, I like that. A, a good, homely street girl. Who's clean, who's adventurous, she know how to take care of herself. The one thing I always like to say is like I think within your top 10, it only gotta be in your top three, is that you gotta have intelligence there. Cause intelligence will keep the conversation and emotions going. There's nothing wrong with your top three. Because you know, for me, I like women with edge. I've always liked it. I think that's just something that we grew up with. Where they 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 have a little fire inside them, it gets you going. It makes me smile. I, I often back in the day would laugh when a woman got really spicy or upset it just makes you smile like you really you really big mad right now are you mad mm -hmm. over me? Mm -hmm. intelligence wow. is definitely key that's where that education comes in you got to have got to be intelligent got to be witty uh i like that I like spunk it's a how challenge much, how much are you trying to understand communication between you and her though are you familiar with the five love languages when you say when you the five love languages, talk to me. Well, there's a book called The Five Love Languages, and it really breaks down five different categories, which has subcategories, but they give five things that they say your love language could be. You fill out a survey, and then it gives you some uh, just a small suggestion of what the way you like to receive love and what would make you glow even more for your partner. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. One of those five, and then there's subcategories of each one, of course, but one of those five is what you and her deem very important to receive love and feel like you're being filled with validation within your partnership. Sometimes people have two. Some people have a stronger one, then they have a, sex, a minor, like a major and a minor, have a secondary one. One of the key things to realize is if you are able to go through this process is that the love you give out should not be the it may not be the same love that you receive if that makes sense like you can say that your language is physical touch what you like receiving is physical touch so you're going to give out physical touch but that yeah. may but that may not be what your partner requires she might require quality time or words of affirmation but you only know what you like to get so that's what you give out mm -hmm. 
Yep. So that's one of the most important things when we think of words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Let me ask you, off the cuff, just right there, hearing those five, which one do you feel that you love the best? Out of words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, or physical touch? Probably physical touch. Physical touch. So exactly. So let's say your your thing is physical touch. Her coming up to you, giving you hugs, leaning on you, being assured of your security. Right. Let's say she didn't give you that. She only gave you words of affirmation. You're a strong man. I love you. But at the same time, you don't even know that she's not feeding you the way you want. So then arguments come. Then frustration comes because your dopamine is not being activated the way it needs to be to function on that level. So I encourage you to check out that book, called the five love languages who's the author oh passman oh you passman. mean you caught me off guard i have to look and find out uh five love languages the five love languages give me one second to think about that donald i think it's donald uh what is that beautiful man i look name. it up i look it up don't worry have you have you read um men, men are from what is it men are from mars women are from venus Yes, I have read that also. Gary Chapman, sir. There we go. Gary Chapman. Absolutely. Gary Chapman. So Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Excuse me. I don't know why I get Donald Pat. You know what? I'm thinking about <laughs> how to survive in the music. Everything you need to know about the music business. <laughs> oh, wow. I remember that book. Wow. Oh, I man. That book. That's the wrong book. That's a Donald <laughs> Passman. Like, where did I get that from? That's everything you know, need to know about the music business. I'll tell you what my mind is on. Gary Chapman is the name of the book. I mean, the name of the author for the five love languages. Millions of the books copy sold. Check it out. You can go to the website. Just fill out the form. It tells you. It kind of leads you in the direction of what your love language is based on the questionnaire they ask you. That's dope. I'm going to check and, that out. And it's not just for you and your relationships with your lady. It's also for your relationship with your friends and who people and your parents. Because now you can feed into what they need and what they like for the relationship to grow better. Yeah. If you know, I would say, I'm going to go out here and say that your daughter's love language is quality time. I would think that you might be right because she loves spending time. Right. She's you said awesome. she loves to go down to the creek and have a and have a picnic with you. That's quality time. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, now you need likes. to find out. Yeah. So it falls underneath that category. So now you know you need to give her that. This is what she needs. This is what she likes. Yeah. And, but also finding out what you like to make sure you brace the day correctly. That you're yeah, fully fueled to go be the father, protector, the husband, the son that your brother you need to be. Are you that's getting important. that fuel from the people that you love? Like we spoke about, you spoke about earlier about how getting that information from the people you love, getting that patient information from the people you need, the right from the right people. If everybody mm -hmm. was paying attention on how you needed to be loved, then you'll never, you'll never run out of gas. Yes, sir. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. We talked about leaving a legacy, but we mostly ignore major steps. Do you have a will? You know, I don't. But you know what? I've talked. I talk. Talk about doing that, um, uh, because it's important. You know, watching certain dynamics that have happened that have happened in my own family as it relates to wills and things of that nature. Um, and because of those things, seeing how important mm -hmm. you know that is to have, 
you know, something simply is, you know, for those of us that got homes, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you got more than one person on that deed. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a simple step. You know what I'm saying? That's that 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 that's what that's part of that's one small part of that real kind of situation. Um, but getting the information and learning about wills and how they work and goes back to what you said, having an attorney in the family, you know, someone you can talk to, get that information that you might not need or they can break it down to you. But yeah, um, my wife and I have been talking about doing that, you know what I'm saying? And not just talking about it. We need to do it, actually, because here I am. I t- I've told my, you know, my relatives and I asked them, y'all got wills? They need to do it. Like I mentioned right. earlier, my dad got Alzheimer's. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? It, it's 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 something that we can do a lot easier now with technology. They have apps. They have different people that would do it and set it up for you so you can have these, the most simplified version or the advanced version. But I encourage everyone, even if you think you're leaving nothing behind, to look into these things and get it done. Friends of the show, Cameron Wesley, talks about how our cultural counterparts use insurance and other things to make sure that generational wealth is continuing. They take out insurance policies on their families and make and large insurance policies. So when someone passes, it pays for the funeral. It also pays for the next house for the next grandchild or something coming into the family. Uh, next set of land, next set, set of stocks coming into the family. They use insurance for generational wealth and we need to start acclimating ourselves, understanding the process of how most people keep generational wealth in their family and really go behind them. We don't need to feel as black people that, that, and I'm speaking directly, this show is not just about black people, but right now I'm talking directly to my people. We don't need to feel that somebody's taking out money on your head because they took an insurance policy on you. That's not the way the, that's not the way this process works. And also don't forget about PODs at the bank with paid upon death case anything happens to you you fill out this form and immediately your children or anyone on that form can get the money to make sure your stuff is maintained during your time of transition it's a lot of stuff that we know is going to happen so let's prepare it no one yeah no one should have to pay for your funeral you knew as an adult you know your whole life one day you'll need one you'll need a burial plot so no one else should be paying for that you should cover that bill like every other bill you got to cover in life. Exactly. Exactly. I got a good question for you now. Are you ready for this one? Let's go. As a husband, let's put you in the husband chair. Now, there's no wrong answer here. I want to hear your answer, but you have to pick one and why. As okay. a husband. I'm listening. Would you rather have a great woman or a great wife a great wife when a woman wants to be a wife she's going through the things to make her the woman that she is to be your wife you know what i'm saying a wife encompasses everything that a woman should be or is you know what i'm saying and if if she hasn't then that's not your wife and that's not the woman for you (laughs) 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 <laughs> absolutely there's no wrong answer there you you spoke about what you need and what you think is best mm-hmm. validation from your partner it's like you win a championship when you meet the right woman but mr che woods i ask you do you defend the title are you competing with the best versions of yourself to make sure she still looks at you as her knight in shining armor her hercules the mind 
I try, but I must say, you know, I, I, I get slack. You know, life sometimes gets the best of us. I was just saying to myself, looking at myself in the mirror today, I need to, you know, take better, better care of myself, make myself a little bit more attractive, you know what I'm saying? And, and do those things to make my wife feel confident, you know what I'm saying, about her husband, you know, things of that nature, you know? So Absolutely. I'm trying. Absolutely. We all, we all get to that point where we, we need to push back from the table and yeah, uh, <laughs> makes a little bit know, stop enjoying life so much and be a little bit more disciplined with our celebrations. Because when we're trying to get her, we're doing everything we can to try to make ourselves look the part. And well, sometimes when we get them, you know, maybe we get comfortable. <laughs> I don't have to do this, but now nah, you got to keep continuing to do the things that you did to get her. Same go for you ladies out there. You got to keep doing the same thing. Oh, I had this baby. You know, and then you, uh, <laughs> you know, you got to keep yourself going. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Keep it going. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You got to keep it going. It's easier said than done. But yes, hey, it is. just just find find that inner inner energy. Find it. And keep digging if it's not there. Keep looking for a reason to do it. Look, I know procrastination kicks in. I know the laziness kicks in, but find that reason. And once you find that reason, you never let it go. No matter who yes, tells sir. you. As long as it's bettering you. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is I took five categories, purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Again, that's purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. And I divided them up into five categories. Purpose means you're doing your job and doing the best person you could be every day within your purpose, working within your goals. Health meaning you're working out, eating right, maintaining, and meditating and doing nice. good things in your health. Confidence you're doing without any fear, insecurities. Money is you saved a little money today, made a little money, invested a little money. And knowledge, you took in some new information. So I ask you, Mr. Che Woods, within the last 24 hours, how much of 100% have you been operating out of? Each one, 20% each, adding up to 100%. Mm. Man. That's purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. How how much have say that one more again for me? How how each one is how worth twenty percent each. Twenty percent each. Yes, five categories. It's a daily thing, and then you add up your total by the end of the week to get an average of your life to see how much you've been working towards your goals. But for you, we're just going to do the last twenty-four hours. So, how much out of twenty percent have you been working on purpose? How much out of twenty percent, man, working on purpose? Um, I, to be honest, man, I don't want to lie. I, 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 I haven't, I never, I haven't even given that consideration a thought. You know, well, um, well, you working to do different things within your new career, right? You say you building something, you building a podcast room. Those things towards your purpose, things that you're trying to value in your goals. So in the last 24 hours, how much you've been working towards your goals? Well, the last 24 hours, I made a couple of phone calls. I, I got to get better at just writing things things down. Every once in a while, I get the bug. Like I might be cleaning up and I might find a piece of paper that I wrote down some goals. Um, but I, I probably need to give more time to purpose. Um, like I did with, like I go back to my home, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I gave that all the purpose in the world. And not so much writing and talking, but 
actually, you know, willing it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Doing the work. Um, so I probably, probably 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes, honestly, to, to purpose. So, and, uh, wait, no, so 10%, it's out of 20%. So you give it 10%? Mm, I probably give it ten okay, percent. What, what about health? That's eating right, working out, meditating, and praying. Oh man, that's low. I, you know, what I'm saying maybe it, 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 it's sporadic with me. Like I, I, I'm gonna do this. You know, what I'm saying like I mentioned to my wife today. I was like, listen, babe, she was in this health food store. So like, I need to get something to clean me out. So, you know, what I'm saying I did that. So when I get home, you know, what I'm saying I'm gonna. <laughs> You and know, that was the that was the last twenty four hours. So give me a percentage out of health, out of twenty percent. Uh, I try to walk at the job. Um, you know, say I do that on my on my fifteen on my fifteen minute breaks. So I take the fifteen minute breaks. You know, saying I walk out, I get a call. Instead of just sitting down, I take the call, but I walk around. As I guess that's about a mile. So I try to do that daily. At the so, job, so out of twenty percent, you give me some. Give me what you got out of twenty percent. What do you think that counts for? I don't, I don't even know. Probably what ten, five, ten percent. I don't know. About Take you. ten. Hey, listen, that's ten out of each one. Now, listen, you got confidence. That means you did. You didn't work out of any fear or insecurities throughout the day. Did you fear anything today? Were you confident in everything you did? Uh confident. For the most part, and everything I did um, today, some disappointment today, but you know it's confident. You know confident. what I'm saying. So you got twenty percent in that. Mm. So yeah. money, did you make a little money, save a little money, or invest any money today? I held on to some money today, yeah. <laughs> and I hey, spent some today. Yeah, listen, <laughs> you held on. Hey, hey, I give you fifteen percent since you held on to it. Mm. And knowledge, did you took in? Did you take in some new information? I did actually today. I actually really did. You know, I wanted to find out about a certain uh, crime and I wanted to find out about the critical thinking test that they put you through on some of these jobs. So I, you know what I'm saying? So I sat down to look at that and see what kind of information is out there, what sample example of tests, what this particular crime meant I did that, you know, today. Um, so absolutely. So, yeah. so that's twenty percent. So now you're working at seventy-five percent out of one hundred. That means if you dedicate yourself, write down your purpose and your goals, and execution, and working out a little bit, eating a little better, you'll be up there, man. You'd be operating close to one hundred percent. Life will be grand when you know you're working towards your goals ninety-five percent of the time. I appreciate this, man. This is it's definitely encouraging and inspiring absolutely you know man we all trying to do it i'm trying to do it every day i fall short sometimes i'm at 40 percent, 60 percent, 70 percent, and i want to get a consistency of 95 or better that's when i know I i'm really too. on that road so i'm yeah, gonna make the adjustments some great things happening thank you sir you are now part of the silhouette boys club it is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine now before you go we love to get referrals for the show is there any man you would love to come on the show, drop these gems, and answer these questions? Mm, there's several. Um, I would like to come on this show. Um, oh man, let me see. Um, God, 
<laughs> couple, man. There's so many names I can throw out there. Just, just um, give us just give us one for right now and we'll connect with them and we'll get everyone else on the back channel. Make sure we get it done. I'm gonna shout out my man Lenny Santiago. Lenny, yes, Lenny Santiago. Friend. Many y'all definitely... know him as Kodak Lens on Kodak... Instagram. Lenny yes. Lenny yes. Um, Kodak Lens, Lenny Santiago, we're going to get you on the show. That's going to be a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Before we go, Mr. Woods, is there any, like, shout-outs, family, any Instagram things, anything you got going on that you want the fans watching today or people watching or the learners or the students watching today that need to know about you or where they can support anything you're doing? Um, I want to shout-out where I'm at now, Rhythm Works Recording Studio. Um, check us out on Instagram at Rhythm Rhythm Works. Um, I want to shout out my family, of course. You know the restaurant Sylvia's, and the you know the soaps that we have, the Doctor Woods. Those are all in the stores. Check those out. Um, I'm working on this hemp thing. I haven't really spoke about it, but I got something I'm working on. I acquired a hemp license. The name of the company is called Harlem Hemingway Hemp Triple H. So, you know, um, yeah, man, those things. Yeah. Like that, yeah, like that. Those things, absolutely, man. Listen, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I want to thank you for just being very transparent and honest, and I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you having me, man. I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Um, <laughs> appreciate the opportunity you've given me and how you inspired me while doing this, man. I mean, Truly grateful. You gave me the opportunity to actually record your story and help some people out there and drop some gems. For those listening, you can reach me at solutionsformen at gmail.com to be a guest on the show. Let's continue this conversation on all platforms, Clubhouse, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or in the streets if you see me. Before we go, we leave with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own true standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and purpose in pursuit of personal excellence. So question of the day, question of your life, are you maximizing your life? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Solutions for Men. Mr. Che Woods, we thank you so much. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings.